Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Pretty good, I think. Yeah. Been playing some Teamfight Tactics, been painting some models, Ooh, nice. and ignoring everything else. That's pretty good. <laughs> nice, nice. I think I've finally honed in on the, you know, just as everything's starting to go back to kind of normal, I've really gotten into the groove of lockdown, which is upsetting. Yeah. It's only taken me 14 months. Yeah, I think I adapted fairly <laughs> quickly, uh, but I, I'm kind of looking forward to getting getting out and about in the world again, eventually. Yeah, I'm planning to play some Warhammer in person this coming Sunday. Oh, cool. Yeah, go around to a friend's house, go and play some Warhammer for the first time since summer, I think. Nice. Like the fourth time I've played since starting the hobby, <laughs> <laughs> like nearly a year ago. Um, but yeah, it's 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 exciting. They get to plan doing something that isn't going to work or over the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can actually go out and visit someone. Uh, so that's quite exciting. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. Good. I'm good. just you know not doing anything different, despite the fact that everyone else is. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing pretty good, all things considered, as as usual. Uh, I've I've kind of been getting out and about recently, which is which is good. Obviously, we've swapped roles. We have, yeah. So sufficiently <laughs> enough time has passed since my my first vaccine. I should be getting my second one soon enough. Uh, and yeah, but the way that the data is going, things are looking pretty good locally. Things are looking very good. So I've I've done a couple of trips to the post office recently. Uh, I've Done a couple of a couple of long walks to the beach as well, taking my dogs out for some longer walks. It's it's been good, it's been nice, it's been really nice just to just to get out and nice. Yeah, I went, you can go to the beach. I can't, yeah, I live like ten minute walk away from the beach. It's lush. It's really nice. Man, okay. When I leave the house, I just you know walk into more roads of suburban houses. <laughs> oh no, I went for like just a class like long walk along the seafront during the middle of a thunderstorm the other day it was pouring the rain it was lush I haven't, I haven't felt that rain for like great. well over a year like because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. earlier you said that in the last year you'd put on your shoes about ten times yeah maybe so <laughs> I hadn't thought about the fact that you hadn't felt the elements at, at any point yeah I, maybe maybe, maybe I've, I've definitely felt the sun I felt the wind come through a window once or twice but literally had that's not amazing. felt rain in over a year <laughs> that's incredible we changed that and uh, yeah it's nice really really nice just to kind of get out and about a bit more loving it really yeah it. sweet yeah I'm impressed you haven't succumbed to some kind of madness as well good job yeah I mean yeah you can't you can't break what's already broken, right? That's on a T-shirt with a picture of the Joker from the Wild somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, definitely, like, definitely, definitely. Just like one of those cheap shirts you see in like Camden Market. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really pixelated picture of Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger dot JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't break what's already broken. Hell yeah! I didn't know you were so edgy, Joe. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Indeed. But yeah, it's been good. I uh, really, really loved getting back to the post office because that that living that MTG finance life once again is has been quite good. It's been quite fun. It's been a long time yeah. since I've been buying and selling cards, and the past week I definitely have done a lot of that. Uh, so I, I traded a uh, traded a bunch of stuff into Mana Leak, which was fantastic, and fully, fully recommend anybody listening who wants to just get rid of some of the cards. Mana Leak's backlist servers is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Thanks. Just yeah, you can you can sell your cards. Just go onto a website, type in the card you have, click the condition, and put it in a buyer's cart, and then it will give you the total that will pay you. Yep. 
we'll we'll check it once you send it to us, make sure the conditions are right, and then just pay you the same day. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's a really good service. Like you get a fair rate on everything, and you just don't have to deal with people. It's fantastic. Yeah, and if you do have to do with people, it's me. Yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. So I've been moving some, some hobby money around after sleeping up my old border ponders. So I figured, yeah, I need some old border thought teasers. So we've done that. Purchased some old border thought teasers. So I've got a nice place out of those now. Uh, I managed to shift some some of the art cards, the Strixhaven art cards. I sold a big stack of those and turned that into old border abrupt decays. So, yeah, I think I'm back, I'm back on my bullshit. <laughs> I think... You can look back at that and just realise what an absurd trade that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the the thing is with the art cards is people seem still seem to want them and people still post on loads of places, you know, asking how much they're worth. It's like the, when they first came out in like, is it the Courier? Are they the first ones? Probably, I can't they, yeah. They first happened. Yeah, because there, um, there weren't set boosters for Aldrain, so I think it was a Courier, yeah. Yeah, and they first came out. Um, I was like, okay, maybe this is interesting. Maybe this is some kind of collector item. Maybe, oh, it's Modern Horizons, wasn't it? Technically, the first time mm. they did it. They yeah, did it that's Horizons. true. That's true. And I think I think Akoria may have been the first standard set they brought it back in. Yeah, but yeah we were kind of interested. Like, oh, these are interesting, and then they put it in every set, and you just throw them away. They're less useful than the tokens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so to get to get money for them is uh, that's some really good MTG finance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some useless cardboard. <laughs> yeah, nice. it's been good fun. Been good fun. Purchase some things as well. I also, I guess, before we we do our, our big spiel this week, because there's there's definitely a lot to talk about. Uh, I do have a pack uh-huh. of Zendikar Rise in here that uh, I think oh, we should boy. crack. It's been a long time since we've done a pack one pick one, so let's uh, let's go through this. You up for that? Yeah. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Good. Right. Okay. Zendikar pack cracked. So we got Expedition Healer first up. I mean, I'm just going to rattle off the names rather than talk about what they are because it's been. This set's been out for a long time now. Uh-huh. Uh, Chilling Trap, Cleansing Wildfire, Marasa Brute, Blood Price, Kabira Outrider, Tajira Snarecaster, Nimana Skitter Sneak, Expedition Div- Div- Diviner, 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 yeah. Cliffhaven Kite Sail, another good card. Merfolk Falconer, Scion of the Swarm, that's a good one. Vastwood Fortification, and a rare is. Ooh, Archon of Ameria. Okay, I'm, I'm taking the Archon of Amira. Yeah, I am 100% taking the Archon of Amira here as well. Cool. It's a big flyer with some other text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 2-3 flyer, and each player can only cast one spell per turn. It's a very frustrating card in Historic. I mean, um, yeah, just it's a 3-mana 2-3 flyer. That's <laughs> good enough for me. Hell yeah, sweet. That was, that was nice, that was nice. Feels good to... Cracker Pack as Endicar Horizon because I feel like there's just been a big chunk of standard that I've, I've missed completely. Just never never touch those cards with your actual hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what art card did you get? You might be able to get some good money for it on the secondary market. There was no art card because it was a, what? a draft draft booster. Is that what they're called now? Oh uh, yeah, it's a draft booster. Yeah, I remember because I sent it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I should know what kind of booster pack it was. Jesus. So speaking of things that are slightly confusing, we uh we have a big announcement. Uh, We've got a lot of things to talk about this week, and it's uh. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Magic Esports Twitter or the Magic Arena Twitter. I'm unsure which one. I think it was Magic Magic Esports, Magic Esports Twitter. Uh, put out a, a series of posts sort of outlining that Magic. I guess competitive magic or magic esports as, as we know it uh, will no longer exist. 
uh, they look and do sort of shift how the landscape of competitive looks like in a sort of post-COVID COVID future uh, and that the 2021-2022 season uh, is going to be the sort of the final MPL season after that there will no longer be an MPL there will no longer be rivals and uh, yeah that's that kind of came as a big surprise right uh, yeah it seems like most people weren't expecting it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I mean okay there are two things just to, to preface this with yeah uh, first of all uh, I'm gonna come at this from a purely casual player who has no well because of the way that the we'll get into it the, because of the way the MPL existed had no real interest in, in playing professional magic yeah. or competitive magic at a high level and, and to someone um, TLDR'd it in my favourite way ever which is um, the MPL died for game day <laughs> which I think is a pretty you know we'll, we'll obviously get into it in detail but based on basically what they've said that's a pretty good yeah. <laughs> a pretty good analogy of what happened uh, but yeah like I have a lot of personal opinions that are like basically purely selfish and you know how this impacts me as I engage with magic on a day to day basis uh, but there are you know there are a lot of ways that the announcement impacts a lot of people in kind of negative ways yeah yeah so where do you where do you want to start <laughs> I guess I guess I, yeah I guess kind of what what the announcement means is it's kind of the end of professional play as we know it which I, I think is uh-huh. sort of the best way to break it down is to you know break it down into what types of, of magic you have in terms of competitive magic I guess you've got you know, casual play, complete casual play. Um, you know, people that might not even play at a store; they just play with what cards they own at, at home. So you got sort of that level of casual play, and then above that, you have, uh, I guess, what I feel like is the more sort of casual play, where you might go and play F and M at your store. You might do a game day, that sort of thing. But there's, there's no sort of high stakes competition or anything involved in that. And I think above that you have like aspirational play, such as players that do take the game very seriously and you know, might have had success at the sort of the PPTQ level in in the past and have been grinding that ladder in arena and you know, definitely definitely want to want to live the dream of, of one day sort of being that that I guess that that elite pro player. And then I think above that you do you have that that sort of elite pro player level, and I think that's the that's the thing where we're going to see the biggest change it it's going to be it's going to be affecting the i guess the one percent really of, of magic players uh those who were right the the very top of the game that were contracted as as professional magic players i think they've sort of announced that that being a professional magic player is no longer going to be a, a you know a career option and it's certainly not going to be self-sustaining like it has been over the over the past two years and I think that's yeah. where the biggest change comes, really, in terms of, of things being taken away or things, I guess, things looking completely different to what they, they do now and what they have done. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a, a good place to start, I think. So the the MPL is, is going to be no more. I think it's I, I think it's fair to say it's, it was a failed experiment. Would you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think that was kind of my feeling going into it. Like when when the MPL was announced and this whole new new organized play system was announced, we're getting rid of 
you know, bronze, silver, gold, planeswalker points, sort of all of this stuff that's that's changed in in recent years. I think that was kind of what I thought. And I was like, this can't be just how professional magic is now. Yeah. And it it's the fact that it felt like such a such a stark divergence from what we were used to in terms of you know PPTQs, PTQ, that whole that whole system to suddenly oh we now have I guess for one of a better term a, a boys club of just these are the people we want to pay to do Magic the Gathering yeah at a professional level these are the high the the, the high tier tournaments we're doing away with you know any any random player who works hard enough can get to this level it's just like these are the people now and and I mean their, their turnover was heinous <laughs> yeah. the MPL in the last turn changed like four players that's not big right that's just that's basically the same group of people that you're just keeping on and it just seemed you know someone that, that played magic again like I think I, I, I really want to do an episode about dissecting what casual magic player means yeah 100% because it can mean like a thousand different things yeah. but I think both of us are definitely casual players mm. we're ex- certainly engaged certainly enfranchised certainly this is our, our main hobby outside of other things but we're still definitely casuals when you compare it to, yeah. You know, like the, that's the, it. The, I, I think I think I have a, a I think I have a good understanding of, of the game. I think I'm, you know, a reasonable player. But I'm, you know, I'm aspirational in terms of like, I don't know. Maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a Grand Prix in my region that is a format that I like to play and I'm reasonably good at. Maybe I'll spike that. That's where I lie in terms of aspirational. I'm not. You know, getting in cars and driving around to every PTQ I can find, just grinding, grinding, grinding. Like that's that's definitely not my level. So I think I think casual is is, is a fair a fair term to use there, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like my you know my aspirations are just go to a Magic Fest, don't enter the GP. I plan to three O some Legacy side events. Yeah, you know that, and that's 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 engaged, right? I'm playing Legacy, like I'm traveling to a Magic event. And I'm playing a lot of Magic over the weekend, but I'm not doing the main event. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm just trying to win a couple of boxes, have some turn those into like money to spend at Peter Express. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, I, my aspirations aren't aren't that high, and, and certainly with with this whole NPL system, they were never going to be that high because there was nowhere there was nowhere to go, right? Yeah. Really, you weren't going to, you know, the, the, the train was really almost impossible for people like us to get onto. Yeah. And like I say, like I, th- I think we're both we're both good players. Um, certainly not the best, but there is a very, very real chance that one of us could have, you know, spiked GP or anything like yeah. that, um, and putting the work in and getting there. But it felt like that system was just—it was just so insular, and it was just Wizards deciding, okay, we don't really care about like, like they were, they, they'd separated it so clearly into professional magic and everyone else. Yeah. Whereas before it was like you have like your Hall of Famers, and then you have the people who. Are professional magic players and the fact that they just grind and grind and f- trying to follow the train and, like I say, traveling to big tournaments to try and get yeah. there. I think. <clears throat> and then there was the and then there was the people like us and then there were the people who just played F and M and then there were the commander players and then there were like the kitchen table people. But with with the MPL, it was just the MPL and rivals and the rest of you, and that that's why it was so such a strange system to me to like. Yeah, it, it was completely draw that line. completely alien for anything that Magic has, has done before, which I think primarily is the main reason why Magic, as it exists now, fails as an esport and, and just will not be a successful esport like other esports are, because yeah. you know, you had over twenty years of, of marketing for the the pro tour. The, the slogan for the pro tour was "Play the game, see the world." It 
had it came like the game to play the game at a competitive level or be sort of engaged with the competitive scene it kind of sold it sold sold the dream to you that you could make it that you know you're watching you're watching these players play on the pro tour you're reading reading their their articles and you're putting the work in and studying with the aspiration of you one day being on that train as well you can be part of the club that's something that is 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 real and something that is actually achievable that's it's that's what magic sold itself as says in terms of your know, competitive playing professional play or whatever and then to completely get rid of that essentially overnight and just say oh hey we're in esport now other esports do this where you have you know teams and, and players and they're the focus of, of the game that's what people should be cheering for that's what people should be putting their focus in supporting your favorite players rather than you know thinking that you can maybe make this level one day other esports have that other esports have teams they've got famous players you know you look at i'm not somebody who's massively into a lot of esports myself but you know i i could tell you i can name some some teams if you you know you want to talk about like your phase clan level of like popular streamers you've got like ninja for fortnite that, that kind of thing magic was trying to i guess what they were trying to do was have that that style of i guess almost like celebrity within within the game and have people follow their favorite magic celebrity rather than try to aspire to actually get into their position which just just doesn't work when you've you've sold the game as something that the average player can succeed at the highest level at for the for the past 20 years that's i think that's the big problem is that it was just such a such a difference from what they'd done before yeah and and like you say what the, what the promotional material was like it, yeah. it was basically just anyone can do it try try hard enough you'll get there yeah and then it was suddenly oh you can emulate these people but you can't beat them yeah and that's that's such a that's such a divergence from from what magic had been for such a long time and i think you know maybe if magic had had come out now you know if if arena had been the start of magic the gathering and we we'd never had that before maybe you could get there better but it's just it's not the kind of game that it, also magic would be a completely different game because you see yeah. things like hearthstone being relatively successful in terms of an e-sport it's because it's really I mean, obviously, I don't, obviously don't want to diminish the accomplishments of extremely uh, successful Hearthstone players, but it's very simple in terms of magic. For like, for broadcasting, if nothing else, it's much easier to understand what's going on on the board, yeah. um, and it's much easier to, to translate because it was designed for a digital client that was easy to watch. Whereas Magic wasn't. Magic was de- designed as just a game to play, and uh, OP came afterwards, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It came fairly quickly afterwards, but it, it wasn't designed to be this thing that people can just watch and, and immediately understand. And I think that's the that's the crux of it is that that it was sold as this thing for so long, and then suddenly you're like, no, no, that's not how we're doing this anymore. We're doing something completely different, trying to become some kind of esport, trying to take the place. But the thing is, there wasn't an opening in the market. <laughs> there wasn't like, a, oh, we really need this, you know, fantasy card game to become an esport because there are no other fantasy. You know, we've got the the RPG role is filled, the the MOBA role is filled. We need something else. You 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 don't. Yeah. Yeah. There was no there was no calling for it for it, and it 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 was just never. I have a lot of feelings about why, and I'm sure I've I've peppered them in throughout the last couple of years of episodes but why magic can't be, can't be an esport it's just it, it was suddenly especially if you just decide overnight that it's going to be an esport um, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying they decided overnight but it was quite a hasty decision yeah I, I think it's of, a it's a combination of you have all of this history and 
you know, you've had 20 plus years of, of, of selling the dream, suddenly completely ditch that for this this proven this this system which which is is proven to work in, in other areas which obviously there's going to be a, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction for from your franchise players who are like oh well i've been i've been grinding away at silver level gold level for the longest time suddenly that's not a thing anymore why 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 should i why should i invest my time still if if like if, if i don't fit into this new system if all the work that I've done over the years for nothing. Like, why should I do that? You have that coupled coupled with these these just like really really difficult to understand sort of progression pathways through the through the competitive system through the competitive scene and I just a lot of a lot of the times the information they put out about oh how to qualify for this how to qualify for that you win this this qualifies you for this and then you need to win this it just wasn't straightforward like it is in other esports at all which i think if you're if you're going to be a successful esport i think so i think magic could be a successful esport but i think it needs a lot of time for people to get used to the game changing to be that but also it needs a very very simple and very straightforward progression path i think yeah they are definitely onto something in terms of the in terms of the ladder on arena like if if you are if you're set to make it an esport ladders are, are a proven way to sort of get people to the next level and i'm not a fan of ladder systems myself but they've got a proven track record so i think that's a good place to start but once you get to the you know the top 1200 on the ladder or whatever you need to make the next steps a lot easier and a lot more simple to grok and not constantly shift the goalposts about, which is another thing that they've been doing over the past two years. Yeah, well, I think I think one of the, the big things about like, like throwing of money at it and it'll probably happen is is probably a reasonable viewpoint of, of the MPL and trying to be an esport. But part of the problem was that it was sucking up all of that money. Yeah. <laughs> and and were wizards a big enough property to be able to split like okay we have enough money to support this old system of gps ptqs whatever and have this mpl which is a separate entity which has very little to do with the the you know pro tours and, and the qualification for that thing this is just a separate thing we can use as essentially advertising so this becomes the new promotional tour right yeah if they had that then sure then you could go out and do that and, and try your best but it was also clear that it wasn't profitable, <laughs> yeah. based on some of the some of the wording that they've used in, in this announcement and and previously, uh, it wasn't enough of a turnover and it wasn't making them enough money, and they were just you know pouring all of this money into a into a system which which wasn't getting them anywhere. Yeah, which, I mean I don't you know that's not why I care about it from from being a person who loves magic and, and a player of the game, but that's a good reason to stop doing something if you're basically hemorrhaging cash yeah I think or so. at least not not hemorrhaging it or at least you know not making enough returns of it yeah it could be spent in other places that's it so i think one of the i guess one of the tweets that the magic esports account put out i think that really i guess caught people's attention was uh was one which is they said that sort of going forward op will not be explicitly designed to support competitive magic as a career path however there will be grand prix ptq and pro tour like events uh, our focus will be the amount of play and the prize money, and less focus on the lifestyle or it being economically self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Which is which I think is a, is a return to form. So I think, I think when that statement was first put out, it was very confusing, very blunt. I think which 
you have I think it's kind of one of the inherent problems of making these announcements like this over a platform like Twitter like you only have so many characters to say just everything and when you're changing a system so just so like massively you need to you need to communicate your messages a lot clearer and Wizards of the Coast at the best of times aren't very good at communicating the messages uh, and using a platform like Twitter to communicate those messages is is never going to end in in a good thing really so I think that um, so later on, on that day uh, Blake Rosmussen did a did a stream uh, the weekly MTG stream where he sort of outlined more in depth about what's what their plan is, why the MPL's gone away, and was taking questions from chat and stuff, and I, I think he did a very, very good and a very reasonable uh, effort on that stream to sort of put people's fears to rest, and, and you know, he, he didn't announce a lot of concrete things, he, he said that, you know, so some things are on the table, we're still talking about things, a lot of stuff needs to be worked out, but I think that was a, it was a good stream, and I think it was communicated just what the future is going to look like more so than you know a, a series of tweets where you just say oh competitive magic isn't going to be self-sustaining anymore because like what what does that mean yeah i mean what's what's i don't know what what i kind of took from it is that that was true before with the, with the whole you know ptq system yeah. is that there was never what's you were never like oh we're going to pay you to play magic but here is an option. We're just going to run these tournaments, and this is the qualification process, which was difficult to grasp, and I didn't understand it for a long, for a long time until I, you know, um, started befriending people who wanted to grow in those kind of events. But there was a there was a path, right? Yeah. And and it was like we're not going to tell you explicitly to become a professional magic player and, and make this your career, but here are things you can do. And the way that they've worded it with you know GP, PTQ, PT like events. Yeah. <clears throat> suggest that there's going to be some kind of uh, return to that system. Yeah. And and th- what in saying they're not going to, you know, Pro Magic is no longer a career. It's literally Woods of the Coast aren't going to deposit some money in someone's bank account every month for playing Magic the Gathering. This this is it. I think that's the, the another issue is that the the things and the things that they were communicating and you know, yeah, like the terms like that, like uh, Magic would no longer be self. Uh, yeah. So. Magic would no longer be economically self-sustaining. You can't have it. Won't be designed to support competitive players as, as a career path. I think those messages are explicitly for that top one percent of players. So they're they're messages that are being communicated to that top one percent of player. But the other eighty-nine percent of players can also see those messages because they're out there in public. So. They see that and they don't really know what to, what to sort of infer from that, which is where I think Blake Stream did a did an absolutely fantastic job of, of clearing a lot of that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think like, again, like I, you know, I said, <laughs> I need to preface it preface it with uh, I'm going to talk about it kind of selfishly and personally because what's the point in having a podcast if I'm just going to parrot what professional magic players are saying, right? Yeah. But like this all seems good to me, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. From, from literally my point of view, as someone who likes to go to Magic Fests, grand side events, and pick up cards and and play Commander with my friends, this seems great. And I think we should probably just look at what they've said about it. Like one of their points 
I mean, one of their big subheadings in this very short article <laughs> is Back to the Gathering, right? Yeah. Where it, where it says, in-person play is a unique strength for Magic, and we need to lean into that. Great. And then it says, digital play is here to stay, but it's only part of the equation. And I was worried for a long time that Arena was just going to be how Magic was going to be. Yeah. I think a lot of us at certain points over the last couple of years were worried that Magic was just going to turn into a digital game, that they, they just released physical products because they could. Um, and it's nice to hear them well, read them literally saying that we want Paper Magic to be a focus again yeah. and we want we want to put more more effort and more resources towards that and that's for me personally selfishly, that's great because I do not play Arena and I do not want to play Arena so the fact that I'm not kind of being forgotten about as a paper boomer is, um, is nice, is nice to, to hear um, and I guess that's kind of the the fact that they talk about you know casuals and specifically name command fests yeah. is a bit of a problem. I don't want Paper Magic to just become we play Commander casually all the time, which I think again some people <laughs> read into the the tweets, the cryptic tweets, yeah. in so much as we're just going to support Commander casual play and and you know you people who just enjoy playing the best modern decks or the best standard decks don't matter. I don't think that's true, but there is going to be more of a focus on that, which again I think is a good thing and I think they're probably coming at it from a business point of view where commander players are most of their bottom line. Yeah, 100%. I think that's really what kind of fuels this whole thing really is the fact that that it's it's numbers on a spreadsheet, it's business numbers on a spreadsheet, which is totally understandable. They're a, they're a big company. They I mean, you know, this this is their this is their first, I guess going into this now this is going to be their second quarter as a as a division of Hasbro so they're no longer was the no longer a subsidiary of Hasbro corporation they are an actual incorporated division of Hasbro now so mm-hmm. everything absolutely everything I know it has been for you know pretty much the longest time but everything bigger emphasis on everything everything they do is going to be their bottom line and you know if if it makes sense for their bottom line or not, and I'm not saying that in like a oh, oh what's your villains, what's your evil because they want to take my money. It's like well, like no, they're a they're a division of a publicly traded company. That's just how it works. There's no you know there's no criticism tied to that. There's no positivity or negativity tied to that. That's literally how it works. What they that's their job as a company is always to make good business decisions for them. And their books have said, well, all of this money that we're pumping into the MPL at the high level of play, we're not seeing the returns on that that we expected. So obviously, we need to shift our we need to shift our focus away from that and put the money that we're spending there, rechannel that into the areas where we are seeing more money being made, which is the which is the more casual side of things. It's you know they said, I guess Blake said specifically on the, on the stream that. Wizards wants to focus their spending more on friendly play and aspirational play rather than on professional play. So they believe that the amount of money that they've been spending on professional events it's just uh, disproportionate to the number of players who participate in more casual festivals and events. Which, as mm-hmm. somebody who participates in casual festivals and events, that's good. That's a, it's a good thing for us, definitely. That's fucking excellent news. Yeah, <laughs> there are a bunch of like I, I don't know. It's not a reasonable analogy, but you know that the the meme where it's um. Uh, a poo from The Simpsons jumping in front of um, the James Woods. Yes. And it's got like James Woods is labelled as Elon Musk and Apu is uh, is weird nerds on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that with a bunch of people just jumping to defend pro magic players. <laughs> it was just like, this is awful for them. It's like yeah, but it's good for you, man. <laughs> like it's, 
This, this is, again, again, purely selfishly, and I, I will address the fact that a bunch of people have lost their full-time jobs, and that's awful, <laughs> and they're, they're now just going to be unemployed, you know, 15 months from now, they're just going to be unemployed, and, and what they've put all of their stock into, and I mean, Andrea Mengucci tweeted about how he, uh, you know, didn't become a lawyer so that he could do magic, yeah. and now his actual... You know, full time job has just been taken away from him, yeah. and that's that's awful. But there was a bunch of people being like, "Yeah, but it's awful for that people, those people." But it's like, "Yeah, but it's kind of good for you." Like, this seems from from our point of view is just casuals who would occasionally go to PTQs and would you know play GP side events and stuff. That's good for us, um, and I'm I'm encouraged by it as a customer of Wizards of the Coast, and and this makes me feel because I was very uncertain. Like I said, like I thought. Magic was just going to become a digital property, and it's encouraging to be told that that's not true, and that they're going to care about paper magic and, and players like us. And also, it's a very good thing when the company that makes the thing you like keeps making money, and if that means channeling a bunch of money into command events, then great because they make money. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm definitely not as optimistic as you currently but I, I think it is it is probably going to work out as a net positive for magic players as, as a whole uh, yeah I, th- I think i'm going to continue to play be able to play magic in a way that i enjoy and that's going to be facilitated by wizards of the coast so yeah. i'm happy enough yeah. yeah yeah i i, I get that I definitely definitely get that i think for me i Want to sort of fully save judgment until we we see a roadmap of what it's going to look like. Um, I mean, some of the things that Blake oh, was yeah. saying on stream was definitely definitely good. So he, he said stuff like, um, you know, people were asking questions in chat and he was answering questions. And two things that came up definitely that he said are on the table currently uh, are, are store championships. So return to store championships. I think that's good. Uh, I think they, I think store championships are one of those things. Where you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Like I think yep, towards the, towards the end, where, I mean, when I was running them in the store, we were struggling to fire them because people just didn't care. There was not enough reason to turn up and, and play in them. But the fact that we haven't had anything like that for so long, I think they will be a a huge huge smashing success. And I think there are ways where you can run them successfully and. Yeah, if they do come back, I'm I'm definitely definitely looking forward to being able to stick a TO hat on and, and run stuff again because that, that was fun. Uh, and then another thing that he said is is on the table, uh, which is, you know, he doesn't give an indication of whether or not it's going to happen or whether it's not. He says it's on the table. Is that that nationals nationals are on the table? So that's good. I think nationals, yep, were just fantastic, just absolutely fantastic. Um, I think if they do want to treat magic as a whole more like an esport. I think nationals could be a very good focus for them, uh, as for the I guess for the future going forward. Because you look at other things like uh, like you know like Overwatch and League of Legends and stuff, and you have their big sort of crowning events is, is Worlds every year, and just being able to do that in Magic like like they have done in the past, but switch the focus and, and make it more like you, you have it for those games, make Nationals a bit a big deal, find a way to make it successful in America, uh, and then, yeah, just have, have Worlds, it's like your big, your big, big massive tournament every year, make that the super exciting thing like they do with, with you know, actual esports. 
So I, I think that's something that yeah. could be very good if they do bring that back. So it was it was definitely good to hear it's on the table. Whether or not it will come back, I, who knows? Who knows what the organised play is going to look like? But they have said there will be a system, which is certainly better than a lot of people seem to seem to take from those those initial tweets. Yeah, it, it's this thing like it says in their announcement while well, we're not ready to publish the details for our 2022 2023 season and beyond etc like they're, they're not ready to publish it but they're, they're planning it it's not they're just jumping off the edge of a cliff into the abyss they've got some kind of inkling of what they're doing next it's not going to be nothing but I think you know there are a bunch of these things that are going to be good for the middling players like these these aspirational players that they that they talk about which is us right yeah the kind of people that search out a match at the gathering podcast and listen to it <laughs> on, a, on a weekly basis right those kinds of people they're going to be catered to and I'm all for it <laughs> you know yeah 100 I, I think i think one of the, the big things is that they tried to turn pro level magic or at least high level competitive magic into advertising yeah whereas what i've always sort of thought about it as well because i mean one of the main things is i never knew what the fuck was happening any of the time like <laughs> i'd just be going about my business and then suddenly hear about this um, big tournament that was going on that apparently had loads of stakes to it that people really cared about. I, like, I didn't know this was happening. Yeah. So that's not good as an enfranchised player not knowing <laughs> when any of these things were happening or, or, or what was going on. But it always felt like I, I, I will just point out. I hope we get GP coverage back. Yeah. I know they haven't said anything like it, but I really want GP coverage back because those were always really fun weekends where I could just stick it on my TV for the weekend and go about my business and occasionally tune in. That was really nice. But it always felt like. You know, pro tour coverage and big tournament coverage. One, you knew what was going on. You knew what it led to, what it was for, why it mattered. Because there was worlds, PTs, and then GPs were basically the the, the big coverage things. And you always knew what those led to and what they were for, and why it yeah. mattered. And also, it was just games of magic. So, who cared about the the information? You were just watching people play standard or modern or whatever. And also, it just it kind of felt like a reward. For being a magic player, yeah, you just they they were they were creating this this content, putting together these these incredible broadcasts over three days, just for magic players to watch to enjoy, rather than trying to advertise to new potential magic players and try to get people into the game, because that wasn't what they were interested in that time, and that's what they feel what it feels like the NPL was, what it feels like most of their big tournaments were for, were to try and draw, draw in new new players, rather was, than yeah, very much it was like. Look, esports is big and popular. This has, you know, a massive following on, on Twitch. A lot of people are making a lot of money from Twitch. We think we can be successful in that realm as well, or at the very least, we think it's worth the experiment. Let's let's try it. And I think it, it was very clear that that experiment failed. I mean, the fact that they yeah. were like having to buy view bots like right from the start, kind of, kind mm-hmm. of shows that like it's, yeah, it just it it does not work. In the same way that it does, it does for other games. Which, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the yeah, whole MPL thing was was just a just a, a massive failed experiment. Yeah, because I, I didn't get into Magic because I saw a Pro Tour and yeah. was like, oh, that oh, was yeah. interesting. I saw it because I saw packs of Magic the Gathering cards on the shelf. Yeah, and was like, oh, I'll, I'll give this a go. And the reason I still play Magic is because I enjoyed the game. I had no interest in who was playing it or what 
high level tournaments there or anything. I was like, this looks like a fun game. Yeah, so totally. Here's, here's a, and... a little bit of cardboard with a, a cool picture of a dragon on it, and here's a, a cardboard with a skull on it. And okay, the, yeah, this is cool. I'm in for this. And then you you open a pack, and you see oh Friday Night Magic. Go down to your local store. Oh, what's this? Okay. Oh, I, there's somewhere I can play this game weekly. That's good. That's good. Maybe I'll check this out. Not like mm-hmm. I logged on to someone. You know, saying slurs and casting cards on Twitch, like. Yup. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But like, I've never gotten into anything through, and it says, you know, goes without saying, like, sort of a millennial thing. But I've never got into anything by watching streams and stuff, and and by watching content. I've just been exposed to it in my everyday life, and then chosen to check it out and and, and give it a go. Like, it's not like. I'm not scrolling Twitch looking for a new game. I generally get my recommendations on games from people I know, or you know, like I said, like I just see it on a shelf somewhere, and and then yeah, I go and see it. so so what it's like. I don't you know actively go searching for new games by watching on Twitch. Maybe there are a bunch of people that do. Maybe like so, you know Gen Z people do that, and that that's the only way they can find recommendations for new yeah, games. Yeah, quite possibly they do them, but but it clearly hasn't worked. So I think I think for me, like as far as as far as I'm concerned, like I. I watch a, a reasonable amount of, of, of content on Twitch and gaming content on YouTube and stuff, but the stuff that I'm interested in watching is never necessarily the stuff that I, that I play because I know that's a lot of time and it would take a lot of time and a lot of work to get to the skill level. So I, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of, of watching Super Mario Maker on Twitch and YouTube. Um, some of the players that I watch are incredibly good at the game, like some of the best in the world. I know I'll never get to that level, but I'm happy enough just to watch it. I know there's no chance I'll ever be as good as those players, whereas that's never, ever, ever been the case with Magic because of the the game, the way the game works and the way the game has been sold for so long. So I, I think I'm somebody that very, very much fits into that category of like, oh, with Magic, there's a non-zero percent chance that you could be there, you could be in the seat on coverage you could, you know I, I've i played at table 1 at nationals I've played at table 1 at, at GPTs, like you know, these are all, all things that I can experience whereas games and stuff that I, I like to watch on Twitch I know I'll never be as good as these players and, and that's fine, that's it yeah. the game never sells me the dream of being, you know if there's a chance that one day I'll be there in those players seats I think fundamentally is is I know I've talked about it a lot, but I think fundamentally that that's the the biggest difference between Magic as a competitive game, competitive sport, and anything else in the esports realm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is like okay, it's not completely accessible because it involves some kind of you know extraneous income that you can spend on Magic, yeah. but it is you know anyone really can make it to some kind of top level of being good at magic yeah and i think that was part of the the draw is like anyone can be good at this regardless of physical ability is is one of the big draws like with league and stuff once you hit like the age of 27 you're no longer good at league just because your reflexes are shot yeah yeah because you, you're you're not and that's such a huge part of the game and the same with stuff like mario maker and whatever i'm no good no good at video games because my reflexes are bad 
and I, you know, I play I play games casually and stuff, and I played World of Warcraft for a long time, but I was often shit <laughs> because my refi- my reflexes aren't, aren't that good, but I still enjoy playing. Yeah. With magic, I don't need to care about that. I don't have to react in a certain amount of time. I can sit and think about these things, and if you put work in, you'll get better at it. Similar with chess, like people who are good at chess, you can be eighty years old and still be good. It, yeah, like I don't know, it's just anecdotal evidence, I guess, but. You know, I I know probably ten people who've played on the pro. If not, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, but let's go for ten. I'd say comfortable ten people that have played on the pro tour. That includes somebody who has won a grand prix. That includes two people who've top eight at grand prix. I've beaten all of those people in games at Magic at some point, multiple times in different levels of competition as well. Like that's not something I could ever do with somebody who's you know, top 10 best in the world at Street Fighter or you know, <laughs> yeah, top 10 exactly. Tetris player in the world or whatever whereas Magic I could sit you know I, I could I could sit down against LSV and 100 games he's probably going to beat me 99 times but there's a chance one of those games I'm going to take it and that's just it's just not an experience you get with, with anything else and I think the shift away from this this 1% elite Magic players MPL and moving it, moving the focus back to you know, your your aspirational players, your your competitive players, and very much so your your casual players is is much much better. I think it's it's proven to be far more successful in terms of organised play for the game. And I think going back to to that that very shift in the focus back to that is is something that I think is is just fundamentally going to be better for the game and healthier for the game as a whole. Yeah, but I think yeah, that's the thing, and I think. It's the 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 main the biggest draw from this is I'm I'm glad that Watsi are finally seeing it. I think yeah, is the yeah. thing. Because for a long time it just felt like we were screaming into a void and you know, people like us and pro players alike were like this system's horrible <laughs> and we saw, you know, it actually be really brutal and just, you know, watching live broadcasts of people lose their livelihoods and stuff and, and we just had so many complaints this entire time. And it's nice to see Watsi just be like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe you were right, and, and this system isn't great. And the uncertainty isn't good, and I don't like the fact that they can't tell us what's next after telling us that yeah. their, you know, their, their premier play, their organised play system is just completely gone. But it's got to be better because of the things they've said, right? Yeah. <laughs> and again, like we've said, like, Watsi aren't good at communication, but when they're saying that in-person players you need strength and magic and digital players here to stay but not is only part of the equation and accessibility is important and flexibility is important when they're saying that kind of stuff like that's encouraging at least and I'm and again it's personal opinion but I'm I'm into it I, I, yeah. I'm a, a fan of them not just playing like paying like the best 24 people in the world to play magic and just allowing anyone to be kind of good at magic yeah, and, and I think from my point of view, anyway, like magic has never really been a career option. <laughs> and it's... yeah, I think the so I think when they say, I guess when they specify career option, they mean they mean the MPL, they mean Wizards of the Coast contracts players to play magic for them professionally. Yeah, this was, and then this was also the, stuff before, like the like... like the Hall of Flame fame and stuff, and giving people uh, you know subsidiaries for for attending tournaments. Yeah. Somebody who's in the Hall of Fame, if you show up to a magic tournament, regardless of how of how well you place. You've turned up to the tournament, so here's an appearance fee. I think they're getting rid of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of that, I guess. Like, I think just paying Hall of Famers is just kind of fine because they've 
put in work over multiple years and have made your game better and I think paying those people and you know it's never insane amounts of money but it, you know paying those people to appear places did it generated buzz it was exciting I know people that got really excited when they you know saw Jerry Thompson from across a hall you know yeah that's it if, if you're going to, if you are going to have a hall of fame make it mean something make it count for something and you know, g- yeah. give the you know make there be rewards as well like yeah, yeah okay maybe we're not giving you two grand to turn up to a tournament but you know give them something definitely and yeah and that's the, I think I think I would like them to reinstate that um, I would um, like I the Hall of Fame's great so I, I think I would like something like the Hall of Fame where people are rewarded for their you know their for want of better terms sort of professional uh, achievements and accolades in magic like like it has done in the past but also just just a, a different type of hall of fame as well or i guess a different sort of recognition wing within the hall of fame where people are rewarded for their contributions to the game in other ways where you can you know put richard garfield in there you can put you know, your Tolarian community college in there your saffron olives of the world the people who who make some sort of you know, outstanding contribution to magic, not just by playing good, skilled, high-level magic, but people who do a lot of, of just good for the game. I think should receive yeah, some sort of recognition that way too. It's always funny, like going to Magic Fest and stuff, and seeing people being multitudes more excited to see their favorite content creator than they were this like four-time Pro Tour winner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this person who is provably incredible at the game and has put in all this work and, and is one just just one of the best players in the world, and they care about this person who has no. Um, you know, competitive stripe to speak of, who has never put up any kind of result, <laughs> but they're far more important to that person than someone who's who's the best in the world of magic. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's like you know, as much as I absolutely love him, I think he's one of the greatest magic players of all time. Like I don't think like like who's 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 been better, or I guess a better ambassador for magic. Like Josh Lee Kwai or like Shuhei Nakamura. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows who Josh Lee Kwai is. Yeah. You know, if, like this thing, and it's it's something I would like to get to onto like a discussion of of casual magic. Yeah, for sure. But like everyone that comes into into my store to buy magic cards, pretty much everyone will ask if I've seen the latest game nights, if I've watched the latest uh, Tolarian Community College video. They won't ask if I've seen the latest. Uh, deck that you know Andrea Mangucci is playing. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll talk about these like very high production value shows that are just advertising magic to everyone. And I, I guarantee so many more people have gotten into magic because they've come across um, the professor reviewing reviewing something and talking about some cards than they have watching an MPL stream. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent guarantee that definitely. So, so yeah, give them money. Uh, yeah. If content creators <laughs> money, that's this is the thing. Like, it, it, I think a lot of it was like just a lot of money being tied up in this prize support for like that was completely inaccessible to everyone else. Yeah. There's always a chance that I can, yeah. you know, there was a chance before that I could I could spike some tournaments, get to the pro tour, and get paid a lot of money, but I can never get paid the NPL money. Yeah, it's no. just it's just impossible to get on that train. If you could, yeah, like if you could drop out of your job and just grind the ladder on arena twenty four hours a day, then yeah, you might be in with a chance, but. I may need to increase my antidepressant dose, but yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> so yeah, and, and even then, variants will always be a thing. And you know, absolutely, yep. Yeah, you don't hit it I this think, month. Think, that's gonna 
it's going to be crushing and you you yeah. you'll grind I don't know just there's a lot of there's a lot of awful awful grind when it comes to you know like digital ladder games it's uh I think that the grind is far yeah. more more intense than bundling you and your friends into a car and going away for a weekend to scrub out I a think, magic. Yeah, I, I think this is this is the it's quite a nice bit to close on, I guess. But it's like before the system we had before with PTQs and whatever. Yeah, it was like the Pro Tour was aspirational in that everyone I ever knew that got to the Pro Tour or got close to it was 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 just like I got to the Pro Tour and that's it. And they don't want to keep riding the train. They don't care about it. They got to the the highest tier of Magic competition. They showed their face, and and then they left, and and they, they didn't care whether they got there again. They weren't you know constantly trace, chasing that high. They were just I got there and that's my achievement. And, yeah. And that's that's it for most people. You know, some people it's going undefeated at FNM. Yeah. Some people it's pulling off their combo in their EDH deck. Some people it's getting to the Pro Tour once. Sometimes it's top eight in GP. You know, like some people it's cleaning up on side events at a Magic Fest one weekend, and and I think that's what was so great about magic is that the, these aspirations were so varied and there was just like this one shot of like I got there I don't want to be a professional magic player but I got to the highest part of competition of this game that I love and yeah. anyone can get there that's the that's the, the that's biggest it. thing it's, about the yeah. old system is that anyone could get there you watch you know GP winners who were like in their mid 50s <laughs> who were just still like the top of, of of competition on that day and I think we're getting back to like you know they said they want GP PTQ, PT style events. I think that's what people want because anyone can get to that point. Yeah. Anyone can 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 get to you know facing Which the is, rejukes of the world and win. Yeah, that's, that's the crux of it. Like I, you know, going back to people that I know who played on on the pro tour. Like I I know somebody who has attended multiple back to back pro tours. Not once have they made it anywhere near rivals for for Magic Arena. And there's somebody no. who plays arena. They play arena regularly. They do very well on arena regularly. They do reasonably well in the arena open weekends and the uh, all the qualifying weekends and stuff. They, I think, they're you know, arguably the best magic player that I know. Not once have they been anywhere close to the the rivals. Despite because there was know, there was never any fresh blood. That was the thing. Yeah, it was never this. It's never changing because you know with the with the PT circuit and stuff, you'd get people that would get there and get close, and, and there would be new faces occasionally. Obviously, you'd still have the old guard and and what have you. But with the MPL, it was like <laughs> they decided at the time that these were the results you needed to be considered for the MPL, and these are the people we put in the MPL. And then how uh, it was our criticism at the time. What what are the these arbitrary qualifications for getting into the MPL? Yeah, was, yeah, top thirty-two players in the world. Oh, you're thirty-third. Oh well. Right. Yeah, like, and then it was just like, a, but but I think, and then and then for rivals and stuff, they were like a, these discretionary invites, which I'm absolutely not going to get into. But if you weren't one of those people, and those people didn't have, you know, there were people that were, that were given invites to to rivals that had worse results than other people. Yeah, and it's this whole thing. It's just like, okay, well, this is not for no one's going to get to the MPL. Then this is just this cycle of people that you're just going to constantly have. And like I said, the turnover was like four people <laughs> in, in the, that changed uh, into the MPL. And that's not like... I, I just... It was a whole bizarre system and I'm extremely glad that they're doing away with it, honestly. And there's yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of nuance to it and there are a lot of different things to consider. But personally, I'm glad that that era of magic has, has ended because anyone can get there, right? Anyone yeah. can do well and, and win a GP. I could win a GP. That's the thing. I'm not going to be able to get to a point where I can... 
if they bring back you know pro tours in the way that the qualification existed before i could get there that's a thing i could do and i know yep. people that got very close i know people that got there and i would never want to ride the train but it's still a possibility for me to actually get to the top competition of magic and that was that was absolutely never an option in the last two or three years however long the mpl has existed i was never going to get to the top competition of magic yep. ever it was impossible but with I can I could get to the I could you know if assuming they go back to this this um, to, to a similar system I could get to a pro tour and that's that's so different when just yeah. you know random people could play really well for a couple of events in a row and get there than having to be the best in the world that's it yeah like being rewarded for for consistent for for good consistent finishes gave you something tangible. Yep. Even if it, you know the, the finish wasn't good enough to stay on top of the world constantly, but you got something tangible. You got another shot. Whereas the whole the whole esports thing has just been, you know, yeah, you've come in first, fantastic. You get to stay first. You come in second. Oh well, nothing for you. Back to the back of the queue. <laughs> just. Yeah, and I like. That's, you that's know, it. I, like. I, I, you know, you have dreams of just. Oh, I could spike a GP. You know. Is that eight hundred people? I could be better than eight hundred people in one day at Magic the Gathering. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm like, when it's like, oh, you have to be better than the thirty-two best people in Magic categorically who have all these results. No, I'm not better than those people. But on a day, I could be, yeah. <laughs> I could be better than eight hundred people, and that that's that's one of the best things about Magic in terms of its organised play, is that the doors open to anyone. Yeah. If Gary Campbell can win a GP, anyone can. Not that I'm saying, you know, but like, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be in that kind of way. But you know, but like, he's not the archetypal esports star, right? Yeah. He's just a guy who's very good at magic, who put a lot of work into being good at magic. I don't think he even put a lot of work in. He just really enjoyed playing Legacy and got there. And he's, you know, he's he's just a regular person, just, just like everyone else, who doesn't have all these massive finishes to speak of. Um, and that's that's the most enticing thing anyone can anyone can do. It. Yeah, so I, I think we are, you know, I don't think we'll move exactly back to the system that we had. I mean, they've they've explicitly said, oh, we're not moving back to the old system, but they've said we will have, you know, PTQ Grand Prix like Premier Pro Tour like events. So I I think I think overall I'm going to save save judgment until we see what exactly it's going to look like. But I think it's going to be a net positive, and I think. I like yeah. the 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 five pillars of play, which was something that Blake outlined on the stream. So he said that the basically Wizards identified five pillars of play that they want to balance, which is both organised and casual play. So friendly play, which is kitchen table magic and FNM, aspirational play, which is like PTQs and Grand Prix, elite play, which is like the MPL and the rivals currently, like they were, festivals like Command Fest. And digital play on MTG Arena and Magic Online so it said that over the past few years, the elite players received an unbalanced amount of resources at the expense of the four other co-equal categories of play. So it's all in all, it's about shifting that. I guess it's shifting the resources to make everything co-equal, as opposed to you know, this is this is the only way. Everything else is just going to fall by the wayside. And I'm really looking forward just to seeing. What that's going to look like once we once we get there, once we get past this twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, with all of this, I've kind of been gushing about the old PTQ system. <laughs> um, that system wasn't without its 
with its pitfalls, and a lot of people really didn't like that system. But yeah. I think it would be disingenuous to say that it was worse than the NPL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is basically definitely. my point. I, I I agree. I think there were a lot of there was a lot of valid system. Uh, sorry, a lot of valid criticism for a lot of the, the things that were done in the old way. But I think having a you know could be better pro circuit like they used to be is uh, considerably better than the than what the MPL has been for apparently, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I often in my day to day life think that good could be better is better than bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm offered two things and one could be better and one is objectively bad, yeah. I think I know which one I'm choosing. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a, a good place to end it on. So yeah, <laughs> the MPL is dead. Long live the MPL. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that was the problem. Most people just took away the MPL is dead and just the sky is falling. And I think for for a, a subset of players, that's a reasonable reaction. Yeah. Um, a lot of people's lives changed sort of overnight. It seemed like they were given a small <laughs> window where they were told before the rest of us, and they had a lot of things to say. And I mean, if you're interested and you want to hear those, because again, like we're just we're just two casual Magic players who have had no aspirations of getting to that tier of competition. I, I would suggest that you go and check out what those people have to say, because a lot of people say yeah. a lot of things that I, you know, we have no. Um, Qualifications to talk on, yeah. So go and find, you know, Martin used to say some things. Yeah, Martin used <laughs> to say. Totally. He, had to say. And I, he did. You know, that's a totally different perspective, and it's just as valid as us being like, yeah, bring back nationals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's the messaging that you see from different people is going to vary wildly depending on what level player they are. Which I think, you know, give it time, and, and that'll probably swing back into. Being a bit more balanced, like the like the whole organised play system will be. Yes. However, yeah. I do I do think there are there is there is one question that I'm left with. Go on. With no MPL, how are we supposed to eat the MPL? Uh, I guess we'll just have to go back to eating the rich, which I guess is is less you know niche and fun, but still important. I agree, I agree. And on that note, <laughs> it's pretty much all we have time for this week. Come let us know your feelings about the MPL. Are you happy to see it go? Are you sad to see it go? What What do you think will, will be the future of, of Magic Competitive Play? Come hit us up on the social media. On Twitter, we are at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode and would like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation. Tears start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. Uh, a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Manalink.com. Yes. You, you, can, you can buy your cards there, and you can sell your cards back to us, and we have a very generous buy list. You can also use the promo code HOFD5 to get 5% off any order on the site, which includes sell products. Fantastic. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. It's over for Neff. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups teaching Finance 101. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me on Twitch. Every Friday night we stream some sort of Friday Night Magic and then Saturday and Sundays alternate we do just a whole host of things. We do Among Us, we do Fall Guys. We did uh, Jet Set Radio the other day. That was quite fun. Uh, you can find it at twitch.tv slash peachcardenoaf. Come check it out. You can find me on Twitter if you must. That's Snail69. Nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, 
I haven't formulated an opinion on what I want to say, so just just go read my tweets because I'm saying a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. With that, we are approaching the second hour. The Cod Pharaoh has returned, so see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.